Welcome to the Passive Mobile Home Park Investing Podcast with your host, Andrew Keel. This is the podcast where you can get the education you need to invest 100% passively in the highly profitable niche of mobile home parks. Welcome to the Passive Mobile Home Park Investing Podcast. This is your host, Andrew Keel. And today we have an amazing guest in Miss Katarina Stepanova. But before we dive in, I want to ask a really quick favor of all of you. Would you mind to please stop right now, head over to iTunes, and leave us a five-star review? This helps us get more listeners, and it also encourages me to know that you're listening in. Thank you all so much for doing that. All right, let's dive in. Katarina has over 12 years of international experience in advertising, production, project management, and operations as a part of Ogilvy, I think I said that right, BBDO, Columbia Artists, and Citigroup, she has 14 years of successful residential real estate investing experience, along with four years of mobile home park investing experience. They have parks in Florida, Michigan, and Arizona, and Katarina is also the organizer and leader of the mobile home park investing community, MHP Tribe. Katarina, welcome to the show. Andrew, nice to be here. This beautiful Friday afternoon. Thank you for having me. <laughs> awesome. Would you mind uh, starting out by telling us a little bit about your story and how you got into manufactured housing? Sure, absolutely. I started uh, like many investors probably do in single family investing. And I first rented my uh, apartment uh, back in Moscow. And then when I immigrated to United States, I started my real estate career by purchasing a turnkey, turnkey out in Memphis. And by virtue of it being rather hard to manage from afar, and I had two subsequent evictions in the course of just six months, oh. I, <laughs> I quickly realized that one tenant um, evicted means 100% vacancy. So I started looking into commercial real estate investing and uh, multifamily investing, apartment uh, investing, namely being such a competitive niche. I started looking elsewhere and then I found the mobile home park um, investing and that was really interesting and exciting. So I thought I will give it a shot. That's, that's amazing. So Moscow, you know, what would you, when you were in Moscow, you know, was it affordable housing that you were investing in or was it something completely different? That was actually much simpler than that. That was my apartment that I purchased uh, when I was uh, in my early 20s and that was my uh, residence. That's where I lived. And then uh, when uh, we immigrated, my uh, for my husband and myself, we immigrated to New York. Uh, it was empty, so I we rented it out. Well, my mom was my first property manager. <laughs> she oh, did a really good job, <laughs> but I got uh, I got a, a taste of this passive income. So especially when someone else is uh, managing it for you, so <laughs> cannot go wrong with that. Yeah. So you went right from that to turnkey rentals in Memphis mm -hmm. and, and tell us about that process uh, and kind of the hurdles and, and you know, how you found them. Sure. Well, I started reading on bigger pockets about uh, 
different ways to invest capital. And I thought, I'm in New York. It's not very affordable here. So I need to probably go out of state. So what can I do out of state that is safer, that is more stable, that I don't have to rehab because I'm I don't have background or really no knowledge of how to rehab anything. So I thought uh, Turnkey might be a, a path for me to go. And I was looking for the operator. So similar to when investors OLPs looking how to invest, they would look for the right sponsor. So I was looking for the right operator who would uh, really take care of the property for me, who would take care of the residents for me. And um, by doing that research, I found the company that I thought would do a great job and I purchased from them. And I was planning on purchasing many more homes from them. But I think it was just a, a turn of events and just destiny how <laughs> this really, you know, good and I would say pretty solid operating company uh, had two evictions in my in my single family home in the course of just six months. It, it's really incredible, but they did. And I think that was really a, a turning point and definitely I think it was a good luck for that that I uh, started looking into commercial real estate so I think that was actually worked out after all <laughs> I love your perspective right like most people would say you know okay I had two evictions in the first six months on my you know rental like okay maybe maybe this isn't for me right maybe this maybe this isn't for me this is terrible I'm down I'm sad I'm not getting the returns that that I was expecting, but you turn it positive and say, you know what, this is good luck. This is I'm, I'm thankful that I had this struggle because it brought me to mobile home parks. I I applaud you for that. <laughs> can you can you maybe tell us about M2K Partners sure. and you know the, how many parks you have now and and how you manage them and things like that? Sure, sure, absolutely. So when I started looking into mobile home park investing, I was looking for educational program that I could partake. And at that time, uh, Sunrise Capital, uh, I think uh, Kevin Bob uh, and Charles Dehart, his former partner, they had an academy, uh, which was a course that I took. And uh, there I, well, through that and through, through them, really through networking within the group, I met my current partners, Matt Battinger, who is out of uh, Atlanta, and Nick Villanueva, who is out of uh, LA. So we pretty much all over the place. I'm wow. in New York, so we all over the place. So is our parks. Uh, we started collaborating, just doing uh, things together. And I think uh, the most important thing is we really have, and as everyone will probably say, when a partnership, what is important? Important is to have uh, complementary skills. And uh, Andrew, as you were introducing me, you very kindly mentioned that I had experience and uh, expertise in advertising and marketing. So I was responsible for doing that part of our business, marketing, sourcing deals, and 
um, bringing them to to our team. When Matt, he already at that time had uh, several parks, so he knew operations, he knew how to take care of the turnaround projects. And our partner Nick, he's just a very savvy business person, and he has his own brokerage. He owned all kinds of commercial real estate, so he's just very savvy uh, investor. So and he brought in also his um, you know balance sheet so to speak to, to strengthen uh, our position and we started purchasing parks and our first one was in uh, in Florida uh, then in while we were looking that is funny while we were looking for that our first park to purchase very exciting for me it was the first ever uh, for Nick it was the second park and for Matt I think it was the fifth his fifth park so but for me it was very exciting and I couldn't wait to close it took us I think over a year to find and actually close on the on the our first park so in the meantime uh, well we had very specific criteria to our park so it had to be a value add it had to be in a strong economically market it has to have um well, good, good cap rate for us, or just the, you know, we have to buy it at the, at the right price. So uh, all these different things had to come together. We need to be able to leverage it, put debt on it. Uh, so in the meantime, we were able to wholesale to parks while we were at it. <laughs> so, yeah. and um, because, yeah, so I went out uh, on due diligence. In the meantime, we had several other parks on the contract. And for one reason or another, we were just not happy uh, with the result of the due diligence. So we just chose not to proceed on, I think, uh, on, I think maybe two or three parks that we had in contract before that. Uh, and this was sourced directly from owners as well. And I think it is also very important to say when something doesn't look right or it doesn't check out or it's not exactly the deal for you, it doesn't look exactly right. Um, and just say it say you don't want it pull back it's better than you know you buy it you own it so yeah. so so that's why uh um for one reason or another something we discovered during due diligence as we're getting better and better at what we do so we started to um faster also discovering things that were potential deal killers and um i think that's uh what really took us so long <laughs> to get out to our first close. So um, a couple of parks that I mentioned, we wholesaled that were in North Carolina. One we referred out, another one we legitimately wholesaled. Um, and other people were very happy with them. They were just not the right ones for us, either they were too run down or too far in the, deep in the boonies and whatnot, and just didn't feel like we would like to own it. So for all different reasons, but we purchased our first park and we're very happy with our purchase. I think this is this is became our staple, so to speak. Uh, we purchased really not volume, uh, but very, very selectively, I would say. Um, our last park in Michigan, I did, I was lucky enough that I had an opportunity to present it uh, a case, as a case study at SECO conference, uh, it was a truly a beautiful case study and a great buy for us. We were able to double the value of the park, more than double, uh, just in the first year. 
we've done so many projects in that park and this is something that we're looking to do uh, when we when we look at the property potential property to buy so with that we own a park in michigan we own in arizona uh, we own in florida and uh, currently closing on the one in ohio uh, and again it sounds like we're all over the place but that's where the the leads the, the deals really dictate where we're going to be so it just needs to be a really good deal that makes sense for us and we have the right resources in place to really implement that maybe you can share a little bit about your deal criteria you know what mm -hmm. what do you look for you know besides obviously a, a good cap rate right mm -hmm. what do you do you have a, a certain criteria that you target yes uh we would like uh, a deal that is, well, in a new market, it would really need to be probably, uh, I would say, uh, well, in Florida, the one in Florida, it's a little smaller, but the uh, lot rents are rather high in Florida. So that is why we were, we purchased that one. It's 42 spaces. And uh, now in a new market, I would say probably the size, size wise, the deal would need to be probably over 80 spaces for us to uh, really strongly con consider it unless it's just a, such a steal. But uh, we would look f uh, at economic uh, strength of the market. Uh, that is something that you rarely can change. So it has to be in place, then size. And then I would say probably we're not gonna, well, 100% we're not going to consider uh, the lagoon situation. <laughs> I know people who will because they know how to operate that, but not us. We do not have like, experience in lagoons. We do not mind at all wastewater treatment plants or wells. Uh, I feel like uh, we can get comfortable with those, but uh, we would not consider lagoon. And we would want to see a return of our capital within the first probably two to three years. So that will be um, our consideration because we would want to turn park around and and yeah, be able to have enough upside in it that we could double our investment in a couple of years. That would be the goal. Yeah, that's uh, that's fantastic. So I, I gotta, I gotta bring this up. Mm -hmm. You have one partner in New York yourself. Yes. You have one in Atlanta mm -hmm. and you have one in LA, right? Mm -hmm. All across the U S yeah. and then you have properties in Arizona, Michigan, Florida, and Ohio. Mm -hmm. How do you manage those being so far apart? Does that ever, you know, uh, provide any issues? Uh, maybe you could share a little bit about the management. Sure. Well, Andrew, that that's probably we're not a big operation, as as you can see. Uh, we do not have regional manager or anything like that. So every deal we look at, we just really consider how we're going to operate this. Is there um, is there a person or maybe someone that we know is in place and we could leverage that relationship. For example, in Florida, we did have a relationship and that was a very specific deal that um, included selling off park on homes to tenants. And we had a 
amazing expert in place in Florida who already worked in Florida and worked for my partner Matt um, in Alabama in his Florida park. So we were able to execute this deal specifically because we had him in place. So um, for Michigan, uh, again, we just had the right people in place and uh, Michigan deal was completely different. Uh, we needed to do what a submitter uh, submitting electrical submitting and also turning homes uh, rehabbing them and renting them out and we had the right person who would be able to who had a crew who would rehab homes and list them out really quickly so because of that we were able to execute our plan so it's really about people mm -hmm. whether or not we have the right people in the right location uh, with enough uh, enough time resource to execute our vision so yeah it's yeah. not really unfortunately it's not like blanket but yeah it is a little bit of a unique um approach to each deal you have to really assess and and, and see if that can be truly um, implemented definitely mm. um you mentioned a little bit about how you find deals you know direct to owner you know maybe you could share a little bit more about sure. that process absolutely well, Andrew, as you may know as well, it used to be much easier. Uh, you would, you know, you would find deals just by uh, mailing to, writing to owners, calling them, maybe texting them. Now it's getting more and uh, more difficult because market is oversaturated. And um, now we work, and we also our team got busier, of course, with the parks. We need to operate the parks, make sure that we turn around. Um, in time so now we work with and you know this is one of the reasons that uh, i've started uh, my investor uh, mobile home park investing community uh, mhv tribe to to see if we could find uh, people who are out there marketing and could potentially uh, you know work with us and maybe uh, do marketing for us and we could uh, teach them and bring them into a deal and uh, operate this together. So right now we were, we still do our direct marketing, just we have someone who is helping us out with that, our partner on the last deal that we did. Uh, she, she's really active right now with marketing. And we also have now new contacts who would maybe refer us a deal and through just networking that's really how it is right now that's great yeah that's that's unique i don't think there's a lot of operators out there that are truly leveraging you know the networking side of of you know generating deals so that's very smart how many deals have you guys taken full cycle you know where you've fixed them up and sold them or or fix them up and refinance them maybe mm -hmm. you can Go through yeah, that. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, Andrew, as you mentioned, I, I'm uh, an infant in the industry, so it's coming to my fourth year. So, and if we say, well, obviously not including our two deals that we wholesaled early on, uh, we're right now selling our first park, the Florida park. And the reason we're selling it is uh, we really buy and hold investors but this one was just a, a, a again a smaller project we didn't really uh, think that we would like to hold it uh, for long term so it was always a plan two-year plan for it so now we are about uh, we uh, we are preparing to sell it it's actually listed 
it's in Pensacola MSA. And we are also preparing to refinance our uh, Michigan park um, just in the second quarter. So Very coming, nice. up. <laughs> coming well, up, kudos, because that I know that'll be a nice payday for you guys. And a lot of hard work went into that. So <laughs> yes. that's fantastic. Thank you. Maybe you could share what you feel uh, are the most important things that passive investors need to look out for when investing into mobile home parks. Mm -hmm. Of course. Well, Andrew, I think uh, it's equally important as LPs would be investing in mobile home parks or multifamily. They have to find operators who they can truly trust and who uh, they know they will do the right thing and um, maybe uh, who they also um, have similar vision with because you have to once we had this experience we were uh, looking at the turnkey property and yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh, a, a turnkey uh, it was a park it was a park oh gotcha and and guess what our investors our partners <laughs> None of them had this uh, appetite for turnkey because they said, no, guys, but that's not what you do. Why would you do that? <laughs> Go do your value add, uh, leave that for someone else. So you have to truly have the same vision, LP or, 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 or principal sponsor. You really have to have similar vision and know where you're going and what this entails. And I guess, uh, yeah, do due diligence on, on the operator, uh, get familiar with them and, um, uh, and um, well, with the parks, I think it's it's very hard to know everything about parks. So many moving parts, aside from general criteria as as economy, um, as maybe employment and and other things. Uh, mobile home parks also sometimes have private utilities, so it's really hard to know everything about everything. So um, I would just focus on vetting your uh, principles. Yeah, and that's been a recurring, a recurring thing that a mm -hmm. lot of you know uh, people that I've interviewed have said is you mm -hmm. know really spending time to vet that operator. Yeah. Maybe you can share a little bit about how you vetted the operators for the turnkey rentals in Memphis, mm -hmm. and you know kind of what what levels uh, you took to get comfortable with with finding a good operator. Mm -hmm. Well, first, I think you need to just see if, if there is a specific market that you are interested in, then just see who operates there, uh, who owns uh, properties in that market and uh, talk to them, uh, see what their goals are, uh, what their philosophy is. And, and, and also I would, um, if you are located in that market, there is nothing better than to just drive through and and see how the properties are kept and do do sort of a surprise inspection uh drive through well if you can talk to residents see how uh, they are enjoying living in those properties and i would also speak to previous investors absolutely mm -hmm. and see how they've been uh how, how they've been enjoying you know, uh, having, you know, those relationships. So I, I did that. And uh, I think you just uh, need to see how much time your principals or your sponsors are um, spending on 
um, on investor relationship because get money, uh, just to do the fundraising part is, is rather easy, but then the real relationship begins. This is when how you've been treated. So I think there is nothing more valuable than talking to um, talking to a f current or former investors of those LPs. Properties, I love that. LPs, yeah. yep. I, I love that. I think that's a huge tip that a, a lot of G, a lot of LPs, you know, should implore. Mm -hmm. The other thing that you said was talk with tenants. Uh, you know, I think that's that's very smart. I mean, what what better way are you going to determine uh, if if the person's a good property manager, right? Because mm -hmm. if your customers aren't happy, they're you're, you know you're going to have higher turnover, which leads to uh, an unsuccessful business model. So. Yeah. Uh, two great tips. One, talk with the, the previous investors. Mm -hmm. Two, talk with tenants if you're, if you're able. So yeah. I love that. Um, what can you tell us about the current state of the manufactured housing industry and where you see it going into the foreseeable future? Well, current state, I think, again, affordable housing is needed as much as ever. Uh, probably more important than ever in the current uh, state of economy. And I would say that I'm not really worried about not having uh, paying tenants because unfortunately, or f it just however, however the life, I guess, happens is those residents who are not able to, to pay they will be replaced potentially with the residents who are coming from single family um, homes or coming from apartment buildings. They come into uh, communities and there will be always someone to, to rent in, in our communities and across the United States. So I, I don't see anything concerning. I would just say that we all in the industry will probably need to step up because demands are and level of expectation, I think, is, is getting rather high. And I think we truly need to do our best to um, to be up to par. <laughs> yeah, maybe you maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit. I mean, I think I I follow you because I know that, you know, there's there's a lot of mom and pop owners that have a lot of deferred maintenance in these communities, you know, because yeah. they're the baby boomers that are using these as retirement vehicles and they're not reinvesting into the assets. So that's one thing that excites me is, is that there is so much opportunity to come in and clean up these assets. Uh, you know, and, and there's new operators that are doing that like, like yourself and, and uh, our operation, but maybe you can share a little bit more about, you know, that topic. Sure. And I think, um, as again, as manufactured housing is becoming such a hot topic and large institutional investors are after it, everybody's really uh, is looking to invest one way or another in yeah. home parks at this time. So more and more attention is being brought to, to, to uh, uh, this uh, real estate niche. And I think as we get in attention, also some uh, dogmas and some cliches are coming up as well trailer parks, trailer yeah. trash, and all this very unpleasant ones. So I think this is our chance right now to change this by, by being uh, very professional about what we do and delivering, uh, over-delivering for our residents because there's plenty to go around for us, uh, truly. Uh, 
those who invest in parks, they know how well uh, of a wealth creating uh, vehicle parks can be. There is truly not, um, there is no excuse for us not to uh, bring parks to their best uh, potential. Um, cure deferred maintenance, uh, bring it up, uh, clean up, w pressure wash homes, you know, repair roads, do whatever is really necessary and make this a true community looking like a community, looking like a family friendly park and place to live. So I think this is an opportunity for us really. And yeah. then cities will not feel as bad anymore about the trailer park when once they become communities and they become uh, a true pride of ownership so i think uh, with a spotlight on us there is a lot of responsibility for us as in as a operators as a new maybe investors in the space uh, to to do a great job yeah no i i agree 100 percent. you know that stigma that our listeners know is is around this asset class and uh, as new communities are are being purchased and improved, hopefully we can you know do away with that at some point. Um, but but yeah, that's 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 great insights. Uh, Katarina, what does the perfect mobile home park look like in your eyes? Well, perfect as uh, as an end product, so to speak. <laughs> I can't or, leave it open ended. You know, you can answer it how how you want it. You know, some people have said, uh, you know, that they look at a, a park that provides a good return to investors, whatever that may look like. Or some have said that it's a hundred lots, all tenant owned homes, and direct bill utilities. Right. Sure. So, what would you say is uh, is most important or or you know what the perfect mobile home park looks like well i think um i would i would answer it this way so perfect uh mobile home park deal is the one that we are able to uh get in and have a lot of upside so there is a lot so, so let's put it this way lots of projects for us to do so uh for example submitting uh maybe lots of vacant homes oh this is a sweet spot <laughs> lots of vacant <laughs> homes yes please so you can uh, come in rehab those homes uh, put them back online so uh, that is something that we are able to again uh, do a lot of the heavy lifting, but at the same time, we can increase the value rather quickly because we do our projects rather quickly. Um, so we could increase the value maybe in the course of a couple of years. If a year, it's even better. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, that should be rather large park. Um, I would say, I, well, the larger, you know, the better, and because then again, you don't have to be looking for 10 parks. You can just do this under, you know, in one uh, geographic footprint, just in one location. So lots of park-owned homes, vacant park-owned homes, preferably not terribly distressed. Uh, maybe uh, utilities that we can build back, uh, preferably not electricity, but maybe water. Um, and of course, if we have rents on the market, that is, uh, that is great. And this way, I know that we will be able to truly take care of our investors really well. And I know that we will take care of our customers really well. And 
and then we will turn it into hopefully in a couple of years we'll turn it into something really boring meaning totally submitted totally uh tenant owned uh, resident owned and um and just very uneventful <laughs> so that would be that would be ideal so <laughs> if that makes sense yeah no that makes a ton of sense i i can relate uh you know stabilized assets are a lot easier to manage versus the ones with tons of projects going on so yeah. so that's so, why we prefer to just attack it do yeah. it real quick <laughs> tell me about that you know i mean I, we touched on it earlier but mm -hmm. you know, say you have a project in michigan right which is like right in the middle of LA, New York, Atlanta. How do, does someone move on site or do you find someone on site to manage a project? How do you, how does your team handle those, those yeah. projects? Cause that's your niche, right? You go after the big value add stuff. Yes. And well, for that, it's a teamwork. It's truly mm -hmm. teamwork. I, no one, neither one of our partners would be able just to pull it off just by ourselves. Uh, it's truly a team effort. So we just map out. And again, um, we all have, I think, pretty good understanding of project management. So we just divide and conquer. We divide uh, the project and put uh, one person in charge. So it's a lead on the project, let's say electrical submittering. So we had a new partner in that in that deal uh, who was taking lead in electrical submitting so uh, Dimitri so he was leading that and then uh, myself uh, I was supporting him and helping out just to coordination uh, with the help of you know park manager and so on so we divided those projects my partner Nick he was leading uh, turning units so rehab units rehab and lease so he was leading that he had uh, he had a person who was in charge of the crews who was doing the actual work on site so yeah and they turned 33 units in the course of a year <laughs> wow that's amazing so uh we had a water submitter and again my partner was in charge uh, was leading water submittering i was uh, helping with coordination because I'm mostly doing asset management. So day to day mm -hmm. that includes park manager and, and staff. So yeah, just divide the teamwork and makes that's the exactly, dream work. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Well, I applaud you guys for, for working together because that it definitely needs a team to, to attack yeah, value add projects like that. Absolutely. Uh, what would you say is the value proposition at M2K partners and you know, what makes your operation different? Well, I think our value proposition is that we go slow and we we vet a lot of projects before we purchase one. So I think we tend to go rather maybe slower, but uh, we look for great deals. <laughs> so many may say that, but that's just uh, from our track record. That's exactly how it looked. Um, so. Yeah, we've had a lot of projects and uh, we would pick one that we could truly just, as I just mentioned a minute ago, just really attack and just really do all of them really quick and uh, turn the park around and then maybe refi or sell. Um, and I think partnerships, we truly enjoy partnerships and from project to project, we had repeat partners staying with us. And uh, that is why I think 
we never really had to go out and look for funds. Um, in the past, in the last project, we had two uh, new partners who joined us, but they also were new to the industry. They were very eager to learn. So for us, it was perfect. We said, okay, um, we would accept you. We could uh, just raise money from our previous partners and we'll have them. But since you guys want to learn, we do have plenty of projects in this, mm -hmm. in this property. So, all right, let's, let's do this. And I think we just really enjoy working in partnerships with others and we would always welcome uh, new partners to come maybe if they bring well I, of course it's, <laughs> it's ideal if they bring a deal yes <laughs> that would be great but uh, even not maybe they local to the market uh, I think partners is amazing just I, I yeah. always enjoyed working with partners new partners it's awesome <laughs> well, tell me, so do you guys do like joint ventures for your acquisitions or do you raise money through like a, a you know, a 506 syndication or? No, that was, uh, that was joint ventures. Uh, most of this was joint ventures okay. and we were able to just pull things together <laughs> by virtue of people knowing. So they would feel more comfortable uh, investing more. That's wonderful. Uh, maybe can can you share some info about the MHP tribe, uh, the meetup that you do, and and sure. how people can find it? Sure, absolutely. Well, Andrew, passion project of mine, <laughs> MHP tribe. <laughs> um, this is. Uh, I always remember how I was truly uh, helped when I was getting started. Um, Charles Dehart was awesome. <laughs> he helped myself, my team, spent so much time helping us uh, underwrite our first deals. And um, I think MHP Tribe, which is a group on, on Facebook right now, this is the community where we have people who have experience and who have many parks and who have no parks and we come together every Monday and we have calls our community calls on different topics so this uh, this is what is it it's February already of 2021 so this quarter is completely de dedicated to turnaround projects so we started in January with the market uh, with management turnaround now we are on submitting so uh, last Monday we were on uh, just water submitting uh, and so on and so forth so we just continuing all types of uh, turnaround projects which will include electrical submitting infill projects um, lease up options and all this uh, continuing into uh, Q1, maybe we'll touch on Q2. So yeah, and everyone comes and whoever uh, has the best knowledge, they would share, make presentation, we discuss it. And um, yeah, and once once a month we have a meetup when we have a guest on, again, specific topic. This, this February, we have Jimmy Johnson coming to us to talk about how he was able to make such a successful MHP um, wholesaling business. So we're very curious how he finds his deals. <laughs> that is fantastic. And I, I, I do follow the group on Facebook and I'm just so in awe of the consistent amount of content that you put out through that. So if any of our listeners are interested in the active, you know, mobile home park ownership operation side of things, mm -hmm. that is a great group to become a member of. Uh, Katarina, okay. 
thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I really appreciate it. How can our listeners get a hold of you if they'd like to do so? Sure. Well, Andrew, thank you. It was uh, my pleasure. Definitely highlight of my day. So, so it was it was great. And thank you for uh, great questions. I really enjoyed sharing uh, about uh, about our team. And you can find us at um, mhpteam.com. This is uh, the website for M2K Partners, mhpteam.com. MHP Tribe on Facebook. It's a group on a Facebook. And I'm also on LinkedIn. So feel free to reach out. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much again for joining us. That is it for today, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Would you like to see Mobile Home Park value-add projects in progress? If so, follow us on Instagram at PassiveMHPInvesting for photos and awesome videos from our recent Mobile Home Park acquisitions. Once again, that's at PassiveMHPInvesting on Instagram. See you there.